HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. You can't have plant-based breakfast without a plant-based egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st slash hrn. With our growing season just around the corner, we're sowing seeds of knowledge and empathy on this week's episode of Meet and Three through four unique stories. I'm always shocked at how aggressive people are with their language. I'll have something like Japanese knockweed and they'll say, you know, these are terrible, they're they're foreigners, they're invasive, and you know, but they're also, you know, they're really healthy if you eat them. We're surrounded by seeds that have already adapted to live with us and they're actually already kind of living in the future because cities are hotter and they're more polluted and they're more fragmented and these are the plants that can deal with that. Tune in to Meet and 3, available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hello. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. This is the 281st episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talent in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is an amazing chef, entrepreneur, and philanthropist who specializes in Thai cuisine, and I will introduce her fully in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to put love into everything. From our work to hobbies to day-to-day routines, let's live our lives with passion and zest. Let's not be ho-hum about anything and do things halfway, but rather let's do everything with love and give it our all. Love spreads and heals and is contagious. So let's show love it's the only way. That's my tip today. Now I'm super excited to have my guest here with me today, someone I know who knows love. It is Hong Thaimi. She is the chef and owner of Thaimi Love. Her latest venture centered around a 
Thai-inspired way of living, including a six-month pop-up restaurant featuring homestyle Thai cuisine in New York's West Village, virtual cooking classes, meal delivery kits, and a Thai product line. Originally from Chiang Mai, Thailand, Hong is a chef, entrepreneur, and philanthropist who has served as a global ambassador for Thai cuisine and culture for nearly a decade. She has appeared on TV in the U.S. and across Southeast Asia, including on Food Network's Iron Chef America in a major campaign in for Air Asia and as a judge on prominent Thai cooking series. Welcome to the show, Hong. How are you? Hi there. Oh, my goodness. You make me feel <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for such a wonderful introduction. Oh, How you're welcome. You? I mean, you have a wonderful story, and that oh. was just a little snippet of it. Dia, you, 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 you flattered me. Thank you so, so much, first of all, for having me on your show. It's such a pleasure and such an honor to be well, here. I'm thrilled to have you and um, hear more about your story. So why don't you take us back a little bit, because I know you're a career changer. You didn't start out right away cooking. Nope. So, um, yeah, take us back. Well, um, I was um, a career woman in Bangkok and when tsunami, that, you know, big um, thing that happened in Southeast Asia happened, I got to volunteer down south, um, and meaning south of Thailand. And when that happened, it, it, you know, it shook me and it led me to see that life so fragile, so fragile. I was, I, I used my knowledge of English. I mean, my title back then was Corporate Social Responsibility Manager for Merck, which is a German pharmaceutical company. And because, you know, I, I took care of philanthropy and, and philanthropics of um, projects. <laughs> I got to work a lot um, down there while that happened. And I got to help volunteer translating Thai to English and help international um, volunteers to understand what happened and how could we send it and such. And they just started to realize that life's short. And back then I was in my late 20s and I just feel inspired that I would like to live every day, every day to love and serve people. Pretty much it. Because I felt, I felt that if I, you know, get to wake up, uh, it's a wonderful gift already. And if I could live every day to love and serve because I found a wonderful gift of knowing what it's like to be loved. And it just opened my word to the endless possibility. And I think like that inspired me to like, okay, what would I do with my life? And that was the search that I did for myself before I turned 30. So that you found cooking, and when did you move to the U.S. and and were right you after cooking that, at all right? before? No, no. I, I I grew up in Thailand, so we have a lot of street food. We have, uh, you know, we 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 live in extended family type kind of, you know, household. My grandma um, lived with us. We have, you know, I mean, kitchen helper, um, and then my 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 mom 
um, you know, is the one who makes sure that we all have good food every night. Um, but I just love um, the idea of cooking. And I love the idea of, um, how should I say this? Um, experiencing flavors. <laughs> I just love flavors, right? And so um, I, how, how, okay, how did I transit from a professional war into the uh, cooking, right? So I had an MBA and one of the, you know, classic scientific term for management to do something or to get into any project is SWOT analysis, right? You, you study your own strength, your weaknesses, your opportunity, and your threat, okay? And then you come out to the list and then you can strategize if this were to work with, you know, with, with what would you like to get into? And so I made myself that analysis. And then, you know, I just realized that every time when I cook, even though at home, or when I have friends coming over, you know, I make simple fried rice and my friend loves it. Um, and when I, you know, no one has ever said mean things in my cooking. And I know for the fact that people love Thai food because my family hosted a lot of international guests in our uh, home in, in Chiang Mai. And I love sharing my culture to the world without knowing. And I was an exchange student to Portland, Oregon in 95. And so it just in my blood that I, I you know, I, I, I feel like I could do this for a living that put together a business. I mean, I talk about my strength that I can, you know, I can cook and Thai food, people love it. And uh, my other strength, I, I, I had, a, you know, English skill and I, you know, put German on my resume as well because I study about 10 years of German. <laughs> and so Thai, English, and German, that should me, you know, should take me traveling around the world. And with Thai food and the love of Thai food and the deep of Thai culture, right? And all the weaknesses. And, and I'm like, you know, that there's not a person who has, I mean, there, I'm sure there was, but, but, but I want to be that person, right? And then I see opportunity out there. So it's like, that's it. I'm going to build a company to love and serve people through Thai food, period. <laughs> so I quit so my job. Said, so you quit your job, and you were also your business, and you also were modeling, right? Yes, I did kind of everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I was uh, walking after I after I went to school in, in the United States. I got home because I still want to you know, keep the root of my culture. So I, I went home to study um, university there at um, Chiang Mai University. And as I was walking off the street one day, someone just scouted me out and said, Hong, would you like to be casted for a magazine? So somehow I got casted for the magazine. And next thing I know, I got a job as a TV host when I was young. And, and you know, stuff, you know, I did at least two hair commercials. I should have put that <laughs> on my skills. I mean, my resume is that I know how to swing my hair. <laughs> <laughs> with, with like a whole, you know, swing for the camera. Seriously, 40 takes. And there, you know, if you have a deep conversation with me, that would be my pet peeves. I never gone to a salon for another decade after those couple, you know, commercials I, I, I shot. <laughs> Just I'm like, I'm, I'm done with, iron, you know, ironing my hair and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I did a lot uh, in my... That was way before I even moved to America. So in my 
I felt like my life started very early. I mean, my in 17, I left home and I traveled by myself to America and study, um, you know, as an exchange student. So I learned new culture. Where and what in what city were you then? In Portland, Oregon. Okay. And your West Coast. Yes. And I, oh my goodness, the night that I saw snow for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) That's like me because I grew up in Miami. Oh, really? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I remember looking, you know, out the window. I was like, oh my goodness, everything is so white and quiet. And um, the year that I was, uh, you know, in, in, in Portland, it was one of the biggest snowstorm, you know, and I've never seen frozen rain, icy rain, they call. It, everything was magical for me. And I still remember that um, that year was the year that I started to talk about my culture to international crowns. And I think like yeah. I took it to heart that it should just be part of our life. Just like yeah. we should be kind to people, you know, without even thinking. You know what I mean? Right. We should. So, so then you set out, when did you move to New York? And I know you worked for John George. You were at the Spice Market, Perry yes. Street. Yes. Oh, you um, will love this story. Is, yeah. Is, uh, so, I mean, is that, is that kind of where or how, how you learn to, to cook or cook for restaurants? Yeah. Yes. So I, um, so I, once I found what I wanted to do with life, I walked to my CEO and I just, not like CEO, but um, managing director, um, say, I'm so sorry. I think corporate job is not for me. Therefore, he's my resignation. And he said, what you're going to do is like, I'm going to learn to be the chef. <laughs> and he's like, okay, go they for it. They go like crazy. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, and then they say, where? Say, in America. It's like, why? So you know what? I want, to, I, I want to know what it's like to work with top of the world. And I am New York because I think that, um, you know, it sounds cliche, but it is so true. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And um, so I, after I quit my job, I kind of did my own um, soul searching. Okay. And then I... Um, you know, took all the money that I saved up um, and then flew to New York with a couple hundred dollars in my pocket and um, two people that I know at that time. And then I built it my own from there. (laughs) And then, you know, I ended up um, married and then ended up divorced. <laughs> but, you know, because of him, I helped, um, no, he helped, he helped pushing me to, to get into the restaurant. And so because um, back then I was so, I mean, I had so much faith in what I believed that I wanted to build. I said, I want to learn from the best. And back then, um, you know, Chef Jean-Georges Van Christen, he, he, you know, he's the one who, you know, the creme de la creme of the um, almost Asian food war, right? And so uh, Spice Market was at it, its peak. And I just say, okay, here's the deal. Hong, talk to myself. How, how am I going to make it in there? <laughs> so I applied for a job as a hostess. <laughs> I had a beautiful, exactly. I had beautiful black wrap dress. I mean, because I came from corporate, right? So I know, <laughs> I know what it's like to pitch the project. 
So I went there, applied for a job as a hostess, and then I could not get it because they were like, you've never had, you know, job experience as hosting in a New York restaurant. I don't think, you know, this is for it. And I said, but you know what? Please help me out. I, um, I really know Thai food and I'm from Thailand. And I know how much I can, you know, be beneficial for Chef Frank Christian. And then the guy looked at me and was like, do you know who he is? <laughs> how dare you speak like that? And I said, well, I know Thai food and I believe that I could do something for this, you know, uh, spice market. And he, okay, you crazy enough. I'm going to let you, I'm going to help you. I can't guarantee you're going to be hired, but I'm going to help you. So he put in my, he slipped my resume onto Chef's um, desk and somehow, you know, the CDC back then called me back and say, uh, you know, I've heard you're looking for a job. We're looking for a line cook. Um, would you be interested in working with us? I say, oh my God, this would be a dream. And he said, all right, then come tomorrow, you know, bring your knife and non-slippery shoes. I hung up and I kid you not. I do not know a thing about kitchen. I mean, I volunteer a little bit at Chef Ian's Kitty Chai's uh, kitchen at um, Kitty Chai in Soho, right? But that was like brief time. So I Google mm -hmm. the whole night what it's like to be in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not, the knife technique and everything. And um, I grew up with my dad in his, you know, like golf. He loves golf. And one of his mantras at home in golf you have to look good no matter what you do, okay? That's the first lesson. You have to hold your club right. You have to have the right club. You have to have everything, you posture and everything. So I say, okay, I'm daddy's girl. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to make him proud. So I went to like a chef store and make the best beautiful knife that I thought I knew back then, okay? Grab it, um, uh, visualize that in my head. And the next day I... I, I um, I went to the spice market and I remember the sous chef, uh, I think his name is Joe. He's like, so what brought you to New York? And I said, love. He probably thinks that this girl is such a, uh, you know? <laughs> um, and I, I said, truly, love brought me here. And um, somehow I got, I, I faked my way well. I, <laughs> I, Obviously. I, <laughs> I, I, I got hired and, and then, you know, I, I could not perform for quite like about a week. I had no idea. I was, I was terrible. I was terrible. But I knew it. And then one day chef, not John Josh, I mean, you know, the CDC, he was like, you know, Hong, just, you have to be honest with me. Have you ever worked in the kitchen? I say, I'm so sorry. No, but I really would like to work because I would love to be successful in this industry. And then he looked at me and said, I don't want to have this kind of relationship with you to yell at you every night and stuff like that. If I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple of times, okay, a couple of days, and you have to show. So somehow I just click it in my head. I, I learn and, um, and I just, just try my best to not be fired, okay? And then one day, as I was prepping in my station, okay, I got someone say hi to me. It's like, hey, are you new? I say, yes. And then he was like, where are you from? I say, Thailand. Oh, I love Thai food. So what do you think about our Pad Thai? And you know, maybe because it's of my English or maybe because of my culture or something like that, I said, would you, do you really like me to say that? He was like, okay, no, 
I don't want you to say anything. Why don't you make one for me? And I turn around to, you know, another sous chef and say, who's that guy? I say, oh, yeah, that's um, Chef Greg Brennan. <laughs> uh, you know, he's a mastermind and the right-hand guy of Chef Jean-George. And so I said, oh, my goodness. So my heart dropped onto my, I kid you not, like my knee was weakened. And I just said, God, you have brought me this far. Therefore, you can help me out. Okay. I did not know how to walk in a commercial kitchen. I um, burned the first batch. And I said, okay, I'm going to know what I could do. And then I managed to make the pad thai and put it on the, on the, on the, um, on the plate. And then he was like, who taught you how to cook? I say, my grandma, because, you know, I grew up in, his, in her kitchen. She's like, how did you get sauce into the noodle? I'm going to tell Jean-Georges about you. I kid you not. I walk home last night crying like a baby, like, oh, my God. You know, I did not lure myself into thinking that I could do this. Imagine I left everything in Thailand, not knowing it's so. And then that night was like, Okay, I can do this. I cry and cry and cry of joy, okay? So did they put your Thai, uh, your Pad Thai on the menu? Oh, I, no, it would, it would be too much of an honor, but no, but we, 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 you know, I got raved about it. And then next thing yeah. I know, John Josh was behind me and, and I got introduced to him <laughs> and I said, so what because, you know, like a Thai way, because right. I know that he used to live in Thailand and he said, oh, I've heard... I've heard that you make a really good pad thai, and I love to try that. And then, and then I got to serve uh, pad thai um, to him and his team, uh, director of operation, and and everybody. And then you know he was like, "This is exactly what I had in Thailand." And my name, to, I mean, to to today, <laughs> you know, I'm still the pad thai girl to Chef Brendan and the um, and uh. George. <laughs> It's, yeah, you know, no, that's, yeah. that's a great story. Well, it's, but I hit my stuff. I hit banana blossom in my own little refrigerator waiting for the day to serve him. But do you know what I mean? Like that was yeah. all, yeah, well. that was, that was all I believe is a, it, thank you for saying that is amazing. And I, 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 I think it is. But at the same time, I think it's because, you know, like when you, when, when you believe in something so strong that you're going to make it and somehow, you know, one thing led to an, another, you know, and I shift my head from, okay, if Chef yells at me, that means he see my potential. I'm going to learn from it. So I basically absorbed everything like a sponge. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean... I mean, you went on then, I know, I mean, to open your own place, not. Yes, yes. Which, which is a big, I mean, it's one thing to be cooking in a restaurant that's, you know, uh, that's, that's hard enough, but then you went on to, you're going to open your own place. <laughs> so, uh, um, you I mean, yes. and, and very successful um, <laughs> and delicious. I mean, your food Thank is you. delicious. I've had it. So I, I can attest for your Thank cooking you. ability. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's so kind of you. It's, you know why? Because I was not thinking. I you just not, went for it. Yes. Yeah. I did not overthink anything. I just looked at it and said, oh, wow, I have an opportunity to do it. Should I take it or not? I feel like in American, maybe Oprah term would say, 
because they said yes to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, because I was not thinking. I was not thinking, oh my God, it's going to be hard. It is going to be painful. It was going to be, um, you know, miserable. I did not see that at all. I just see that, you know what? I, I'm only someone who had a dream that she would like to open a company to serve the world, you know, and love the world through Thai food. So that was what I was thinking. So what was it like running and what it, I mean, we'll, we, we should jump ahead a little too to talk about yes, your pop-up now. Yes, because we probably Find have like love. five hours. Yes, it's, it's, I'm so sorry. It's pronounced Thai me. <laughs> it's a 45 minute show, but um, we're, we'll, we'll, we're, we'll get, we're we not going to get every detail of your story, but I love hearing the background and I, um, yeah, we should, I mean, what, so tell, tell us a little about like your experience in, in being a restaurateur and then what's led to now doing pop-ups, which, you know, uh, also I went to and saw you at, at Thy Me Love and it's, I, I, you know, I, as I said, I love your cooking. And so, but yeah, so, so talk a little bit about that and then why, why pop-ups versus um, full, full-time restaurants now. It is tiny. Oh, I'm sorry. Thiny. No worries. And, and that is my last. I, I, yeah. So um, um, why pop up? Because I was so hurt. I was not in a good place when when um, changed to tiny table and tiny table got, you know, to close, to shut down. I was not in a good place at all. I felt that I, you know, it's like a classic story of of. I'm not sure, I, I should not say classic, but it is basically a story of someone who pursue her dream um, and gave it her all. And she lost herself while pursuing her dream. Got it? So I could not, I, I could not, I, I lost it. I, I, I did not know who I was anymore. Like my friend asked me, so how, what do you do for fun? I look at her as like, what does, what does it mean doing something for fun? I was not in a good place. So um, I went through a divorce. I think I burnt out. I think, you know, like running a restaurant and being a, a woman and being an immigrant, everything was brand new to me from day one. I learned it from on site. You know what I mean? No one guided me. I had no mentor. I mean, I just look at people. I just read and that's it. Okay, and then I started to travel the war and started to know, get to know myself again. And somehow things started to come into places. I found love. Um, you know, my my my. He he loved to call me partner in life. <laughs> um, I found love, and he helped me to see that I don't have to carry guilt or shame. Okay, and then he helped me to see that home, what you offer to people, and how people react, how your customer react to your art, is not typical. You create something that touched someone's more than food, okay? So I was one day was in having a conversation with um, a farm upstate New York and that farm, you know, you know, related to, you know, a, 
a, um, a real estate company. And they just look at me and go like, you know what? We in the midst of the pandemic right now, we don't know what's the future would hold, but why don't you do it as a pop-up just to see how it goes? I come home and I just basically had a conversation with myself and Connor. And I started to think, should I say yes again or should I say no? Should I, should I let myself be vulnerable again? Or should I, you know, all those questions that, you know, like went through your head, right? And then at the end of the day, all the emails, all the DMs, all the whatever people stop me off the street and say how much they love Ngam and how much Ngam has been part of their either college life or love life or anything. I, I kid you not. I kid. Yes. All those love notes and encouragement helps me to see that at least I can come back and do because I cannot give love when my heart is so broken. So I said, you know what, I'll take it six months and then I'll make a decision what I'm going to do next. And you know what, I have not talked to press about this yet, but this is going to be the first show I'm saying that uh, we got a green light to do it until the end of November. Ah, amazing. Yes. Breaking so, news. Yes. <laughs> um, so we are going to do it to the end of November and now we are actively looking um, where would be our permanent nest? And I call oh. it nest because it is, it is really a nest for us, for me to learn how to fly again. And so that is, um, yeah, why pop up? That's, that's the story. Well, yeah. Well, and also, I mean, being this year, the pandemic, it's, you know, obviously changed everything. Correct. Yes. And um, I'm sure that's uh, playing into your decisions. Oh, yes. Uh, not only that, I think like that, I, I'm not too worried. But what I'm much more worried is that if I, you know, if I, if my heart is not there, <laughs> why would I do it? Right? Right, right. Well, I mean, this the theme of this show is obviously love. And that is inspired by you because you just put love in it to everything you do. And if I agree, if it, if it's not going to make you happy and you're not passionate about it, why do it? Exactly. So I'm with you on that. Because I don't want to be, I, I, I don't want to, you know, be so-called hypocrite, right? You know, I'm like, oh, I'm here to mm -hmm. love people. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying at all that I'm perfect. I am saying that I think that at least I would, I would love to love people because <laughs> mm -hmm. there's times that I'm pissed as well. And there's times that I don't feel like loving as well. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, we all, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You're human. So, yes. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the reason I am doing because I still remember the first time when I left my comfortable life and make it here. And I just want to make sure that my heart and my soul and my mind is in the right place. But I could do it because, and my pain was healed, not because of anything, but the support I got from people that I have been serving all those years at Nam and somewhere else. Yeah, well, simple as that. And on that note, let's take a little break and we will come back. We'll talk more with Hong. We're going to play my speed round game. We have our industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question coming up. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. 
Just Egg is now the fastest growing egg brand in the United States. Bring more plant-based consumers in your doors with easy-to-use Just Egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st slash hrn. That's ju.st slash hrn. Made from plants, Just Egg is a better egg for you and for the planet. It's healthier with no cholesterol and less saturated fat and it's more sustainable just egg uses less water and generates fewer carbon emissions most importantly it's delicious for our listeners who operate a food service establishment you can get a sample for free head to ju.st slash hrn that's ju.st slash hrn just Egg makes a delicious plant-based addition to any menu. It's available as a liquid scramble. Great for omelets, frittatas, stir-fries, and French toast. There's also a frozen pre-baked folded version that's ideal for filling breakfast sandwiches or topping salads. Chef Jose Andres calls Just Egg mind-blowing, and Bon Appetit says, It's so good, I feel guilty eating it. Put the fastest-growing egg brand on your menu. Get a free sample of Just Egg for your restaurant at ju.st slash hrn. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Hong Taimi. She is the chef and owner of Taimi Love. And I apologize greatly for getting your name pronounced incorrectly at the beginning of the show, but I got it now, and I'll always get it right moving forward. Don't you so. worry. It is just name. But, you know, if the heart is in the yeah. right place, that's fine. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's your name. I need to get it right. So, um uh, I, I got it now. So, um, okay, it's time for my speed round. And what this is, is I'm going to name a couple things and you get to pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Okay. So, um, are you ready? Yes. There's no right and wrong question. I mean, answers, right? No, no right or wrong. It's just, uh, yeah, every answer is a good answer. So. Awesome. Okay, here we go. Eat in or eat out? Um, eat at home. <laughs> eat in then, eat in. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, wine, beer, cocktail, soft cocktail or champagne? Oh, easy, wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Large, please. <laughs> Communal table or chef's counter? Oh my, depends. Uh, can I do both? <laughs> You can depends. do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> depends. How about depends. tip? Okay. How about tipping or all-inclusive charge? Um, tipping, so I can do more. <laughs> Cooking on TV or in your restaurants? Oh my! Whatever that pay bills better. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Um. Dancing, ballet, or playing tennis? Oh, my. Uh, playing tennis on my ballet shoes. I love both equally. Or, or, or golf. Okay, but you said, you said dancing. Yes. Ballet shoes. Okay. Uh, two more. Cheese plate or dessert? 
Oh man, <laughs> dessert. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Manhattan. Awesome, you are fast. That's the game. I'm very assertive. <laughs> you the know, funny part you know is you like. in Thailand, in in Asia, they would think mm -hmm. I'm 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 aggressive. But here in America, I could be normal. Or yeah, people may find it aggressive here as well. But I'm very assertive. Yeah, well, I'll just throw in there. I did take a trip to Thailand a couple of years ago, and I've been to Chiang Mai. And, um, I, you know, I think that, I mean, the food was amazing, but I, I think back about driving on the other side of the road and how challenging that was. Yeah. Remember we had dinner together one time? Oh, my Bangkok? God, we did in Bangkok. Yes. Well, yes. Yes. And it, it, it was not planned. I was in Thailand, and you were there with your friend. Pichet, I yeah? know that I can't believe I just blanked on that for a second, but that was, <laughs> I mean, we knew each other, but we, we got, I feel like we got, we, we got to know each other much better from then. And what a special memory. Uh, yes, it was. We, we went to Nam, Nam, right? At the yeah, yeah, we Hotel. did. Did we go to Chinatown after that? I think we did. Did we? Um, no, that was long. No, I don't, I, I don't. No, I don't think we did. But it was um, that that meal was was amazing. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. I remember we had the um, the crab curry. Uh huh. By Chef David Thompson. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, it's crazy how well. our memory um, <laughs> plays in some. Yeah. I know. Well, I was thinking. I was th I, my head was thinking about about um, about being in Chiang Mai, and uh, because yeah, I mean, we we move. I moved around a bit, but yeah, we we met up in Bangkok, which is so cool. <laughs> I, I want to go back. I can't wait till we could travel again. I know, right? Where would you like to go if we get to travel again? I mean, out of the country, uh, I, I, I'd love to go. I mean, uh, places I haven't been in, in that area, like I'd love to do Cambodia and Vietnam. That was on my list. Um, I'd be happy to, yeah, what about you? Probably I'd love to visit family first. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, you know, we, I, I have a very interesting lifestyle because my parents in Thailand, but my partner... His family is in in um in the UK in London area, and his daughter is in Paris. That's why we get to have houses everywhere we go. So it's um it's a wonderful setup. <laughs> no comment. No, you know, no complaint. But other than that, I love to go to um to South America and to Africa. Mm, yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I just want to. Yeah. All of it. I want. I want to go everywhere. <laughs> yes. Me too. So, let's talk a little industry news. Um. I have an article that I picked out. Uh. In the New York Times, it was the Critics Notebook from. It was actually a couple weeks ago, but I really liked the piece. It was called titled Stuck at Home, Pastry Chefs Find Freedom, New Yorkers Find Cookies, at dozens of micro. At dozens of microbakeries and apartment kitchens, laid-off chefs are flexing their creativity to meet the cities. 
and this is by Pete Wells. So it's talking about how there are many experienced restaurant pastry chefs who've made the transition of starting their own home businesses during the pandemic, as many were laid off from their restaurant jobs. And uh, they're taking advantage of a state licensing exemption that allows home processors to sell baked goods. And they're, they're, quite, they're, they're quite successful. There's um, places- No, I read uh, about it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yes. And I think it's such a marvelous piece because, um, you know, we chef, I believe us chef and us in the industry, we creative people. And, you know, to be, you know, imagine that you cannot, uh, how should I say this? Like, 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 like you have to hold that in. It's going to burst. Right. So for, for some chefs that are able to do this and get their creative, you know, get it, you know, find the outlet, right? And focus the energy in the right place. Not only that they can make some extra money, but they, they make some people happy too. I mean, last year was so hard for us mentally, physically, financially, everything, right? And, mm-hmm. and we all know the power of dessert, the power of food, the power of sweetness and creativity, Right. I, I, I found, in fact, I, I, I would love to, you know, order some more from, from the list of all those bakeries. Have you tried? No, I mean, I, I haven't tried the ones that were in this, this, uh, article. There was, but so many, I, I mean, I would love to, of course, love to try them all. There was, uh, uh, some Kemi cubes that uh, Kelly Mao of mm-hmm. Barbalu and Dominique Ansel Kitchen is now doing, which are snack-sized pound cakes and Joy uh, Cho uh, pastry. She's uh, doing she's doing gem cakes. Yeah, I can eat that in one setting. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it all sounds really good, and I love that a lot of these chefs they like. They're not, they're not doing what they were cooking or baking at their restaurants. They found new, new things that inspired them. Um, you know what? Maybe I should invite them to just have a marketplace as my place. What do you think? Hey, sure. Let's do that. Hosted by you and I, uh, round two. Seriously, I can anytime. <laughs> no, it, it's just like, why not? Right? Like, like, like the yeah. only way that we can go through this tough time or any time in life is togetherness. No? Giving is sharing and sharing makes everything better. I'm with <laughs> I you and I, I love how you think. It's- oh, I mean, come on. It is like we share the same ground here. Who say that, oh, they're doing fine during last time. They full of, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, we'll talk more about it. How about that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, we love that. We love that. Yeah, so, and the, the other article I had was in Food & Wine magazine, and it's entitled, Michelle Obama is starring in a new kids cooking show coming to Netflix. Waffles Plus Mochi will feature the former first lady alongside a cast of puppets to teach kids about ingredients and where they come from. This article was by Mike Pomerantz, and I... I love it. It's debuting on March 16th, and there's going to be celebrities joining Michelle, including Chef Jose Andres, who cool. who doesn't love Chef Jose Andres. So, um, I know, right? Yeah. What, he, what he's done. And, but you know what? I have to say, too, that Michelle, she is, I mean, I'm calling her by first name. It's like. I know. <laughs> I am, sorry, too. And I, I feel, feel like, like I know her. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, yeah, and I'm reading her book right now. Actually, um, I find she's such a fascinating human being. Amazing, kudos to her to keep on doing the right thing for this country and our society. Especially, you know, to 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 focus and 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 not focus, but to um, educate us more that there are international cultures that instead of you know that we should value each other. Yeah, no, I I I love her, and she. I haven't read the book yet, but she. Has a podcast series that I listened to the whole series over the summer. It's on Spotify, and um, I feel like it's the podcast version of the book, or at least I'm yeah. telling myself that. Yes, <laughs> well, um, but it was great. It's great. She's amazing. I would love to. I mean, I love this. You you show me so much about what's going on in the podcast world. I mean. I mean, imagine if we if we take advantage of it, right? The wealth of of educations that we can get, and I feel like there's there's endless of it. Um, but I think that I'm so looking forward to the show. I think that you know teaching children. In fact, you know, I'm just having. I I, I don't have kids of my own, but I love children, and I. I make an observation of like, okay, we know how hard, how difficult, and how challenging it is to live in the world right now. And what are kids thinking in their mind, right? Are they navigating through challenges the same way we do, or they are more immune than us, or you know? And for us, to, I mean, for them to be more equipped with this kind of show. And um, I think kids these days they are much more um, um, smart. <laughs> They're smarter than us um, in so many ways. But not sure if they is as wise as us because that comes with um, uh, experience, right? <laughs> right. Well, this I look forward to tuning into the show and. Uh, a little announcement I have is this show, my show, All in the Industry, um, as well as some of our other Heritage Radio Network shows, are nominated right now for the Taste Awards. And All in the Industry is up for the Best Food and Drink Radio Broadcast category. And they have a viewer's choice. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. And the viewer's choice is happening now where you can vote. So if if you like this show, I, I would love if you could if you could vote. Um, you can go to heritageradionetwork.org backslash vote. You have until March 12th to get your vote in. And uh, yeah, thank you in advance. I'm doing so. that right now. Awesome. <laughs> well, and and I'm going to do my solo dining experience. So, so this week I I was lucky to go down to Miami and see my parents, which who I hadn't seen in how, a year. How are they doing? I'm sorry. How, you, what? how are they doing? Oh, they're 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 awesome. They both got the vaccine, and oh, so um, that was why I went now. And uh, it was my birthday weekend, so I went yes. to that too. And it was awesome. And I have one. I had one solo dining experience uh, that I went to Havana, nineteen fifty-seven. So here's the rundown. 
the location. It's 1410 Ocean Drive, South Beach, Florida. The concept, it's an authentic Cuban restaurant in Miami Beach. They have five other locations in South Florida, and it says it's reliving the glory and glamour of the old Cuba during the 1950s. The chef is Juan Luis Rosales. So why'd I go? Well, I was on the beach, I was craving some Cuban food, and I hadn't been to this place, so I decided to check it out. So my experience, um, I was there a little late because I had a, a meeting and like I'd eaten something like I guess you'd say an early dinner. And so this, I was just more of a late dinner that I decided to get a snack. And um, you know, it was interesting to see it's on Ocean Drive and this is the first time due to the pandemic, they, they, they don't have, there's no traffic on Ocean Drive right now. They, no more cars. So people are walking around and um, I decided I was gonna get a, a Cuban sandwich to go. And so I, I ordered through DoorDash uh, takeout and it gave me a, a pickup time, but it actually the app said the restaurant never confirmed. But I decided at the time it said, I went over to the restaurant and I spoke with the manager and believe it or not, they said they're not using DoorDash right, for, for takeout. So I was like, wait, I, I was I was kind of baffled and he was baffled. Um, he told me it was gonna take an hour to order them from them because it was Saturday night and they were very busy. But he, he, he found a table for me outside that was socially distanced from other tables and I felt comfortable dining there. So I decided to stay and have my meal there. So what did I get? I got the Cubano sandwich, which is a classic served with ham, roasted pork, Swiss cheese, pickles and mustard on a pressed Cuban bread. And I also got a side of the Maduras, which are fried sweet plantains. Oh so man, my take, that's my favorite. It, yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. It hit the spot. I mean, I always think if I'm in Miami, it's good to get Cuban food because oh. it's great down there. And mm. everything was delicious. It was a huge sandwich. I didn't even get through half. Um, I took the rest to go. I did eat all the plantains though. <laughs> Um, they were delicious. And um, yeah, it was great. So the ambiance, it's breezy, warm evening on in South Beach uh, by the water. It was very good for people watching. Uh, you know, the servers wearing masks, like it felt safe. You know, everyone and most of the people walking around were wearing masks, even though, you know, Miami is a little looser with their pandemic protocol. But um I was, it was, it was great. You know, it was, it was wonderful being outside. So uh, I'd say it's perfect for Cuban food cravings and a fun night out. Interesting tidbit, Miami is getting a lot of New York City restaurants coming down. There's now a Carbone, there's a Coat, there's a Red Rooster. Uh, I drove by these spots and checked them out. They were all happening. And mm -hmm. I just read that Pastis is heading down there to oh, open, cool. I think next wow, really? year. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. Coach just, just started, right? Coach just opened. Coach started, and I, 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 I was. That's over in the design district, and I, I, I saw the space. I walked in um, oh, wow. and just checked it out because I'm always and curious. I, and yes, um, I think a, a, a couple of my chef friends. I'm sure they're yours. They're your friends too. Uh, they've told me that they are heading down south as well. I mean, I'm talking to Florida, to Miami. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. But you know, like I'm, I'm sure there is um, many of us that that would probably going to make a great business there. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely becoming more of a, a, a I guess, a culinary destination place with these these 
New York City restaurants opening. Um, just to wrap up my experience um, and my personal fun fact, I was going to say, back on episode 134, I talked about going to Puerto Sago on Miami Beach and also having a Cuban sandwich there. Um, that's always been a go-to of mine um, on the beach. And the cost of this meal was $29. That's including tax and a service charge. No because way. In, in, well, yeah, way. <laughs> in Miami, wow. they, they put on service. Um, no, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like $29 for a great experience with a view of the water and yeah. everything. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, it was, I mean, it was including everything. It was great. I have to say, though, DoorDash, not cool. I had to call my credit card company and tell them to reverse their charge. And so, um, yeah, that's all I have to say, DoorDash, not cool. Don't put restaurants on your site that aren't using, using your service. I'm uh, shaking my I head for you if you could see <laughs> me right now. Yeah, well, it's just not, it's not right. No, it's not right. It is not and, right. And I was hungry. I wanted my sandwich too. Like, it's just, Ugh. it's it's not right for many reasons. Um, oh. And so if you want to go to this restaurant, go, you know, go to their website and go directly uh, through them. It's Havana1957.com. So, um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, my next guest, uh, it's time for the final question. So, Hong, my next guest is Amanda Clute. She is the, I'm sure you know, she's the <laughs> editor-in-chief of Eater. She also co-hosts Eater's Digest podcast, which I do listen to, and it's great um, if you haven't checked that podcast out. And um, you can ask her any question, Hong. So what would you like to ask her? Oh my goodness, this is tough because I'm sure I have a, you know, I want to invite her out for lunch and they can ask her more than one question. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's see. Hmm. I would love to ask Amanda, what is the best way to enjoy the meal without any expectation? Okay. Is that too tough? <laughs> No, no. I'll ask her. See what she says. I think, like for us going, you know, for us working in restaurants, sometimes it's hard to, to, to manage that, right? I see things, mm. and I think yeah. like for her to do that all the time. How could you let that go and still not lose the joy of testing restaurants' food? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a good question. I will find out. I'm excited to talk to her. She's. Um, yeah, she's been leading Eater for a long time, and they they know what's happening in the in the sea, and they're yeah. covering it. So yeah, so um, I will I find out. Up, yes, I love to hear what she has to say because I think that for her, you know, like for us too, how could we not lose that joy of mm -hmm. of what we choose to do, and for her to still enjoy food and restaurant that yeah is tough and well, imagine well. like the restaurant probably would like to please her all the time right and how will she undercover that see see i i, I can have a whole conversation with her <laughs> <laughs> i'll dive i'll dive deep into it for you how about that <laughs> sounds good <laughs> um you are such a delight and i appreciate you so much i wish you 
much continued success in doing whatever you love, whatever direction you choose to go in. Um, you bring you. joy to so many people. And I can't wait to get back to your restaurant. I'm so excited. You're going to be open you. You know what? for you this just, year, really. Yeah, you just gave me a really nice idea because of all those pastry. I dream of having, because I love afternoon tea. So I'm going to reach out to those chefs and I'm going to ask if they want to, you know, do something Thai so I can put it on the on the plate and we can do uh, dumplings and buns brunch because it's been my dream. I want to do that and serve afternoon tea. Thanks Amazing. Who, who knew my industry news would lead to that? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. After I read the, uh, an article, I was like, oh, my God, I have to do this. Um, well, I hope you stay healthy and warm. Thank you. You too. And I hope to see you soon, too. But All thank right. you so and much next for time joining when me. You feel, and, and next time when you feel like you don't want to eat solo, you give me a call. <laughs> I will. I don't. I, I enjoy the company of others and your company for sure. So I will let you know. And same Thank back you. at you. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to wrap wrap up now. So my guest today has been Hong Taimi. She is the chef and owner of Taimi Love in New York City's West Village, featuring homestyle Thai cuisine from her homeland. Her website is hongtaimi.com and taimilove.com and social media Hong Taimi, and that's H-O-N-G-T-H-A-I-M-E-E. Follow me at Sherry Bayer at Bayer PR and at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. Websites, BayerPublicRelations.com, SherryBayer.com, and AllInTheIndustry.com. All of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Thanks always to my engineer, Amanda Wang, and thanks again to Hong and our awesome publicist, Rachel. I'm Sherry Bayer. I will be back next week with another new show. I hope you'll tune in then. Stay safe and well, and thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. All in the Industry is powered by Simplecast. I'm Sherry Bayer, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network, a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, HRN is celebrating 10 years of food radio. For the past decade, we've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and more. It's been 10 years, and we're just getting started. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.